Right, we are back. We are wagers, ragers. I know that all of our followers and our listeners have been waiting for us to come back, and it's been such a long off season. Super Bowl ended in February of 2022. We are now in September of 2022, many months later, but we're back, and it's week one, and. We are ready to rock and roll. This is your premium podcast for not only NFL betting inside information, but a look into the minds of two passionate, two passionate, and I say this with all due respect, gentlemen (laughs) who love electronic dance music. And you will get our tracks of the week and they'll come at the end of this podcast. So if you're new to the podcast, I am Joshua. Thomas Buckner and many of my friends and people that know me refer to me as JT and always joining me on this podcast is John in quotes, the hedgehog Donneth. The hedgehog. We broadcast to you from this great state of New Jersey. I'm in New Jersey. The state, the home state of Bruce Springsteen, John Bon Jovi, and of course, Old Blue Eyes. And I don't mean me, I mean Frank Sinatra himself, the most recognizable celebrity from New Jersey, Frank Sinatra. So without further ado, let me let all of you listeners advise you as to our format, okay? So we pick two games. The first will be our teams that we root for. I am a die-hard, die-in-the-wool Jet fan. John is a die-in-the-wool, die-hard Eagles fan. Lucky for him, they won the Super Bowl not that long ago. For me, I wasn't even born yet when the Jets won the Super Bowl. But we picked two games, all right? So I'm going to analyze the Jet game. John's going to analyze the Eagle game. And then we pick two other games, and we'll give you both our game lines and our player props. And then after that, I'm going to give you, as I have done in the last two years, a couple of college football nuggets, because if you've listened to our podcast, and I hopefully when the new followers come in, you will see that I am a college football savant when it comes to picking games. And then finally, we will give you our tracks of the week, the track that we have been listening to all week long that has been us through the week that has been inspiring us to you know our work our family and now into our podcast so that's the um that's the podcast that is the um platform that we deal with so without further ado john it has been so long it has been so long week one is upon us i know that the bills and the rams played on thursday night and I honestly, I, I, I love Buffalo, but I really thought that at home, the Rams were going to come out victorious. I was wrong. I made some pretty bad picks. I came out close to even. I think I was three and one. So if I was two and two, I would have broke even. But John, talk to me. I mean, you and I have talked over the last several months, but we're now back on the podcast. Are you ready to rock and roll with Wagers Ragers? Let's go. Oh, man, JT, I could not be more ready to rock and roll. And, man, how sweet it is. I don't know what it is. We're sitting here September 10th, 2022, and I don't know if it's ever felt like it's taken this long to get to the football season. Last year seems like it was 10 years ago, but I'm just glad that we finally made it. I can stop paying attention to fantasy baseball completely and just concentrate on football. Um, I mean, I've been working like a dog recently at the office. I was actually at the office Thursday night when the game started. Um, But I did place a few wagers on that Bills Rams game. I did go three for three, took the Bills, gave the points. Daryl Henderson over on catches, bang. Josh Allen over on rushing yards, bang. So that is a nice little start to the season. 
but I can't wait to start it up. This is what year three of wagers ragers. Could that, no, I think this is actually year four actually of wagers ragers. If you can believe that or not, two friends that have a bunch of shared interests and we want to bring those to the listeners every week. And I am ready to go, man. Let's get this 2022 season off the launch pad. Yeah, man, it is, it is year four. And you know, when you talk about two friends that have, you know, um, joined interests, we both went to greatest university in the history of this country and it's Rutgers University. And to start off the season, Rutgers goes up, up to Boston. Up to Boston, makes that trip up north into, you know, a city that as a Yankee fan, I can't stand. But they went up there and they beat Boston College by a the slimmest of margins. But a win is a win. 22-21, start the season off 1-0. Today they have Wagner which they should dominate and we'll see how Rutgers goes from here. But yeah, I'm ready to just rock and roll on this season. Now, the only downside for me is that my starting quarterback, Zach Wilson for the Jets is hurt. And there was some talk this, this week about him practicing after, you know, meniscus surgery that he was going to be back for week one, not happening. And supposedly he's now not going to be back for the first three weeks of the season and might be back for week four of the Steelers. But let's talk about Jets-Ravens. This is the first game of the season for the Jets. Line. Line right now, Jets at home getting six and a half points over under 44 points. So they call this a revenge game. A revenge game because... The starting quarterback for the Jets is Joe Flacco. He's going up against his old team, the Ravens, which he played for for a number of years, won a Super Bowl with. But I got to tell you, I mean, I don't really see this as a revenge game because Joe Flacco has been back and forth between the Jets. I think he was with the Eagles for a little bit, back to the Jets, and now Zach Wilson's injury, he's now the, uh, the starting quarterback for the Jets. Now, as many of you who have followed this podcast know, I'm a big stat guy, right? Uh, stats meaning uh, I look at team defense. I look at, you know, yards given up, um, passing and rushing and points. And on offense, you know, points scored, um, yards on, on passing and yards on rushing. But you can't really give a stat analysis until probably after week four, when you're like a quarter of the way through the season. So we kind of have to go on, how do you see these teams? How did they do last year? What moves did they make during the regular season? And then figure out, you know, where you're going to go on the point spread. So I look at this, I look at a quarterback comparison. And I know they don't play on the field at the same time, but when I'm looking at Joe Flacco versus Lamar Jackson, it's a no-brainer. It's an absolute no-brainer who the better quarterback on the field is. Joe Flacco is has cement shoes. He is a statue back there. And the thing that really like put me over the edge on this game is Dwayne Brown has a shoulder injury. They picked him up in the offseason. He's a pro bowler. And he's not playing this week. And he's probably not playing next week or the week after or the week after. He was supposed to play left tackle, which would um, defend the blind side for Joe Flacco, but he's not playing now. So they move George Fant back to left tackle this week against the Ravens, putting in a substitute at right tackle. But to be quite honest with you, I, I just can't see the Jets doing enough to protect Joe Flacco, who doesn't run, who doesn't move. And that's my issue with the Jet team. They have a lot of weapons. They have Elijah Moore. They have Braxton Berrios. They have, uh, they picked up Garrett Wilson. They have Bryce 
Um, they have they have Bryce Hall, their new running back that they just drafted, and I can see that Bryce Hall is probably going to have a good game, and I'll talk about that in my player props. But I can't see the Jet offense doing enough to overcome the fact that their offensive line is not cohesive, is not together, and without without their left tackle and having to like do with the big switcheroo back with uh, George Fant. I just see that the uh, the Jets are going to have a really hard time. So if you look at the Ravens on their side of the ball, they lost Marquise, quote unquote, Hollywood Brown, but Rashad Bateman is has to step up. And I think he will step up. I think he's going to have a great game. Their running back situation is a little bit questionable. Gus Edwards, a Rutgers grad, go are you, is not going to play. Um, he's probably out for the last four games. Uh, Dobbins, their other running back, he's questionable. I'm sure he's going to play today, but it's there's question marks in the backfield there. But it really doesn't matter because Lamar Jackson, as a quarterback, is almost like your secondary running back because he runs the ball so much. So I can see Lamar having a great game on the ground. Again, with the Jets, you know, I talked about it just two seconds ago. No left tackle who's now they're going back to George Fan, who was supposed to be the left tackle before Makai Becton got hurt and was going to be the right tackle, but he's out for the season. So it's like moving back and forth and back and forth without a lot of time and snaps at left tackle. The Jets are just going to have like serious problems. So I look at the Jets and I see their offense being centered around Brees Hall and CJ Uzama, I said it correct this year. Instead of screwing it up every single year, I think he's going to have uh, a decent game this week. I'd like uh, Joe Flacco to pass the ball to the tight ends, Uzama and Conklin. Um, Garrett Wilson hopefully has a decent game, but with the inability to protect the quarterback, it's going to be pretty hard for the receivers to have a good game. So at the end of the day, what do I like? I like the Ravens, and I will give the six and a half points. I get it on defense that the Jets have Carl Lawson back off the Achilles, Sauce Gardner, number one pick at cornerback, and uh, Jordan Whitehead, the safety that they signed in the offseason as a free agent from Tampa. Defense is going to be better. It can't be worse. They were ranked 32nd out of 32 teams last year. But is the defense going to be good enough to stop the Ravens? And Lamar Jackson, I really don't think so. I see this game being more of a 10 to 14 point game. So give me the Ravens. I'll lay the six and a half. Uh, that's my pick for Jets Ravens. I wish that I could take the Jets. I wish that I could, the Jets could win this game. And if I'm wrong and the Jets win, hey, I'm going to be the happiest camper, you know, in the world. But realistically, if I'm laying money, which is what this podcast is all about, I'm taking the Ravens laying the six and a half. All right, player props. I'm going to give this to you like fire, right? Lamar Jackson, is he a passing quarterback? He is not. Is he a running quarterback? He is. Do I think he's going to rush for a lot of yards? I do. Why? Running backs are banged up. No Gus Edwards. Questionable with Dobbins. So I look at this and I say, all right, Jets 32 ranked defense Secondary, terrible. Did they improve? I suppose. Do we really know? Not really, because we have Sauce Gardner, rookie. We have uh, Jordan Whitehead, you know, bringing, uh, being brought in as a safety. I don't know what their secondary is going to look like, but I don't think that 291 and a half rushing combined receiving yards is too much for Lamar to pass. So I'm going over. 291 and a half rushing and passing yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. Now, let's talk about his outlets. Without Hollywood Brown, where is Lamar Jackson going on the field? Well, with the Jets secondary being sort of questionable, I'm going Mark Andrews, which I think is probably one of the best tight ends in the league. So I'm going a double dip here. 
Andrews over 64 and a half receiving yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. Andrews over five and a half receptions, plus money, plus 110 on DraftKings. And then lastly, I'm going to take a jet on my player props, and it's going to be a rookie because I think this rushing total is just too low for him. And I know they have Michael Carter in the backfield, but I'm going Bryce Hall over 31 and a half rushing yards, giving a little bit more juice than I'd like, but minus one third, minus 130 on DraftKings, Bryce Hall over 31 and a half rushing yards. John, that's my take on the Jet Raven game. I, I can't see the Jets winning this game, and I can't see them even keeping it close. Thoughts? Yeah, man. Hey, listen, like you said, I'm a lifelong Eagles fan, but I feel for my friends who, who are Jets fans, um, <clears throat> different conference. So I'm able to kind of pull for the Jets a little bit. I really wanted to take the Jets in this game. You know, conventional wisdom, I think for me has always been, you don't give a lot of points on the road early in the season, especially in week one. Right now, we know the least amount about these teams that we'll know all year long. And like you talked before about, you know, starting to put the stats together. And of course it's, it's a numbers game. It's a way that, you know, we can kind of compare these teams numerically through stats, but my bigger thing is just watching the teams play. What do I see with my own eyes when I see these guys out on the field that the numbers might not tell us. And of course, none of these teams have been on the field in months and months and months. So that's a tough one. So I wanted to take the jets um, because that's a lot of points to give on the road in week one. But the killer for me, just like you said, is the replacement uh, left tackle, Dwayne Brown, being out. I think that's a killer for the Jets. So even though I would hate to do it, I would uh, take the, the Ravens and lay the points. I do have some interesting props that I, that, that I like here. Again, just like you said, J.K. Dobbins, who I'm heavily invested in, in fantasy is questionable for today. The news over the last couple of weeks has not sounded very promising. There was that video on that was going around on Twitter uh, of, uh, the, of the Ravens doing some drills and Dobbins exhibiting a noticeable limp. He's only listed as questionable, so we don't know if he's going to play. I do think that plays into the idea of Lamar Jackson shouldering more of that rushing load, which he is apt to do anyway. One thing that um, we tell people a lot is when you're making your prop bets, when you're betting the lines here, shop around, check out the different sites because you will get different, uh, different numbers. If you'll notice DraftKings this morning, Saturday, September 10th, did not even have a rushing prop for Lamar Jackson. Okay. If you go over to, over to FanDuel, you can get it at 59 and a half, a little bit rich for my blood. Could he hit it? Sure. He's knocked out 59 and a half yards many times. Instead, I take a look at the rushing attempts, which you can find on both DraftKings and FanDuel. Lamar Jackson averaged 12 carries a game last year, and his rushing prop is nine and a half on both DraftKings and FanDuel. But here's the interesting thing that I saw, JT, and that's on DraftKings, the juice has gone bad. Somebody left it out because it's nine and a half carries minus 145. You go over to FanDuel, it's still nine and a half carries, but you can get it at minus 114. So bang, 50 burger on that. I think he kills nine and a half carries. Also, I love Elijah Moore in this game. I love Elijah Moore. Yes, Flacco is a statue. Yes, he's old, but I think he'll do a competent job for the Jets uh, in this in these couple of games that um, he has until Wilson comes back. Um, and he played a little bit last year. He played basically in two games. And one man was clearly his favorite receiver. That was Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore had a 31% target share while Joe Flacco played. The Flacco's best game was against Miami. Flacco went 24 of 39 for 291 yards and two touchdowns. And who was his favorite man? Elijah Moore, who went for eight catches, 141 yards and a touchdown. So give me Elijah Moore. I love the over on, on yards, which is 52 and a half at minus 115. And I love, love, love the catches, which is four and a half at plus 105. So unfortunately I wanted to take the jets. I hate laying that many points on the road, especially in week one, but I think I would have to agree with you and take the Ravens, but give me the Lamar Jackson over on rushing attempts. Nine and a half, take it on FanDuel at minus 114. Give me Elijah Moore over on receiving yards, 52 and a half at minus 125. And then Elijah Moore one more time over on catches, four and a half at plus 105. Any final thoughts on this one? 
Yeah, man, I love the Elijah Moore bets. I really do. I think that Elijah Moore is going to turn into that um, Tyreek Hill, that, you know, slot receiver, undersized, you know, 180-pound guy, um, multiple catches. I love the over four-and-a-half receptions, 52-and-a-half yards. I'm not quite sure about that with Joe Flacco. I, I just – I, I have zero faith in how Joe Flacco is going to do this week. It could be a complete shellacking by the Ravens against the Jets. Whenever I've seen him play for the Jets, he just seems terribly disinterested. And his last preseason game that he played in, he just looked terrible. And I get it, it's preseason. But if Elijah Moore is, is going to be his target and it's going to be underneath, then yeah, whether it's going to be a tight end or whether it's going to be a slot receiver – I like the over four and a half receptions, the 52 and a half yards. That's something that I'm a little bit concerned about. But as far as Lamar Jackson rushing attempts, I didn't even look at his rushing attempts. But if it's nine and a half, I might be all over that because he is going to run the ball left and right, especially with the running backs all banged up. But at the end of the day, I think we're both in concert here. I think we're both in agreement that – uh, the Jets are not going to win this game. It's probably going to be a Raven win by more than a touchdown. And so, again, my pick is Ravens lay the six and a half. I hate to do it in MetLife Stadium against my team, but I just have zero confidence in Joe Flacco as their quarterback. And with a new revamped defense, okay. And with good weapons on offense, okay. But – the Ravens are actually a team that a lot of people are looking at and saying, you know what? This team might actually go to the Super Bowl. I don't see it. But what I do see is them beating the Jets by more than seven points. So that's my uh, sort of put a bow on it with the Jet Raven game. John, talk to me about Eagles. I am ready to go. I'm all pumped up about my Philadelphia Eagles. Of course, I'm a lifelong Philadelphia Eagles fan. This year, 2022, the Eagles start the season by going to the Motor City. Eagles at Detroit to play Jared Goff and his Lions, the Detroit Kittens, as it were. Um, Of course, the Eagles and Lions played once last year. Uh, The Eagles went up to Detroit on Halloween. I actually didn't remember that this was Halloween, but the Eagles went up to Detroit and shellacked the Lions 44 to 6. It was a watershed game for the Eagles season last year. Uh, As people may remember, the Eagles got off. uh, They had a great game one against the Falcons. After that, stumbled to a three and six start. And starting with that Detroit game, uh, uh, first year head coach Nick Sirianni and his staff uh, really impressed me because they changed the way they called the games and uh, going from a very, you know, pass happy offense focused on Jalen Hurts throwing the ball, and they became the most run-heavy team in the league, starting with that Lions game, had a lot of success from there on out, went uh, 9-7 and seven, uh, before the meaningless last game against the Cowboys, and actually made the playoffs. Uh, the Lions, on the other hand, um, were one of the worst teams in the league last year. Uh, first-year head coach Dan Campbell, uh, for all of his blustered, couldn't uh, come up with too many uh, wins. Uh, Anthony Lynn, their offensive coordinator, gave up play calling duties midway through the season, and he's now gone. But as bad as the Lions were, and man, they were bad. Their defense was horrible near the bottom in most categories. They were uh, 31st in points allowed, 30th in yards allowed, not great at all. But I don't think that tells the whole tale for these Detroit Lions. Uh, For the last couple of years, They've been building through the draft. They do have some young talent. I'm on out Ross St. Brown, the sun God himself, came on last year to have a really great, especially second half of the year. Jared Goff is at least a competent quarterback. Uh, They continue to build through the draft this year. Aiden Hutchinson, the defensive end, there's been a lot of great reports coming out of camp for him. So we do expect, I do expect uh, that he'll help out with that, that Lions defense. But unfortunately, their other big first round pick, Jameson Williams, is not going to play. Um, Certainly not in this game. He may not play at all this year. Uh, Eagles, on the other hand, made a ton of moves. They had a very busy offseason to that offense. They added A.J. Brown, one of the best young wide receivers in football. They added depth to their wide receiver core uh, with Zach Paschal. Jalen Rager is gone. Eagles fans rejoice. The defense 
the Eagles just had a massive overhaul on defense. Not only do they get Brandon Graham back from a season ending ACL injury, Achilles injury last year. They also add Hassan Reddick late of uh, Temple University. Uh, they also added Nicobe Dean, who they somehow got in the third round of the draft. Kazier White from the Chargers last year, who had a fantastic year. Uh, they added James Bradbury to go opposite Darius Slay at cornerback. And then very recently, they added Chauncey Gardner-Johnson safety from the Saints. So Howie Roseman did an amazing job of bolstering this defense that really wasn't even terrible last year. It was really more middle of the pack. The Eagles D was 19th in points allowed, 10th in yards allowed, um, and certainly running the ball more in the second half of the season helped by keeping the defense off the field. But, you know, I'm sky high on my Eagles right now. Uh, I'm feeling really good at, at about the direction of the team. They made a, a lot of great moves. But again, it really comes down to one thing, Jalen Hurts. Uh, Jalen Hurts, you know, has shown improvement every year of his career going back to college. This is going to be the first year he's had the same offensive play caller in back-to-back years pretty much his entire time, uh, uh, both being a college quarterback and an NFL quarterback. You know, it's clear I've watched every snap of his pro career. He's got to keep getting better as far as a passer goes. I think he will. The question is how much better. He does have weapons with A.J. Brown. Devontae Smith now is in his second year. Dallas Goddard at tight end, who I'm going to talk about more in a couple of minutes. Uh, And uh, Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, and Kenny Gainwell coming out of the backfield. But what are the Eagles' biggest strengths? Their offensive line. I saw a stat here from PFF. This was tweeted out by Arjun Menon uh, that Lane Johnson, the Eagles' right tackle, and Jordan Mailata, their left tackle, graded out near the top of offensive tackle island rate, which is a measure of raw success rate when a tackle gets no help. I think Tristan Wirfs might have been the only tackle who, um, uh, who graded out better than them. And overall, the Eagles are coming in firing on all cylinders in that this is the healthiest I think we've been. Uh, coming into a season. Uh, maybe their biggest injury question was Miles Sanders, who hadn't practiced in a few weeks because of, because of a hamstring injury. Their entire starting lineup was a full practice on Friday. So that's not an issue. Um, so overall, you know, of course, the, the one thing you never expect in a new football season uh, is that what happened last year is going to happen again. It's not. So this is not going to be a replay. I don't think anyone would think that it is of that 44-6 to drubbing Um, that the Eagles gave the Lions last year. I think the Lions will acquit themselves better, but I still like the Eagles here. Like I said before, I hate laying points on the road in week one, but I'm going to do it again. Uh, Right now on DraftKings, the Eagles are giving five. It was as low as three. It's up to five now on DraftKings at minus 110. If you go over to FanDuel, you can get it with the Eagles only giving a four and a half. So that's what I'm going to suggest you do. My recommendation is the Eagles minus four and a half at minus 108 on FanDuel. I think they've got the better roster here. Uh, I'm excited to see what Jalen Hurts does uh, as far as his improvement as a quarterback. Now on to props. See a prop, take a prop. I've got a big theme for this year, um, or multiple themes for this year, and my favorite is going to be Dallas Goddard, Dallas Goddard, Dallas Goddard. My big prediction for this year is that Dallas Goddard takes that next step and becomes one of the top three pass-catching tight ends in the league. Again, I've seen every snap of Dallas Goddard's pro career. This man is talented. He's six foot five. He's strong. He can block. That's gotten better over time. He can move. He can catch the ball. He can make big plays out of short catches. And I think he's really going to come into his own this year. The first full season that he'll have where he doesn't have to at least split time with the great Zach Ertz. Um, One stat that I love, which sort of tells the tale as far as how I feel about Dallas Goddard, is last year, last year in 2021, Dallas Goddard was 17th, 17th in tight end targets, but he was fifth in tight end yards. He went 53 for 830. And what does that suggest to me? That suggests that this is a guy who makes the most out of his opportunities. I expect him to get more opportunities and get even better this year. I think he's going to be a fantastic grab. I got him all over the place in fantasy. On the other side of the ball, with respect to this game specifically, The Detroit Lions allowed the second highest amount of yards to tight ends last year. So unless the line was ridiculous, I was going for Dallas Goddard receiving yards. 
That's 48 and a half on DraftKings. Eh, it is a little bit higher than I would like it to be. 49 and a half over on FanDuel. But that's this is still a number that Dallas Goddard hit in five out of his last six games last year. So give me Dallas Goddard over 48 and a half receiving yards. A couple others that I like here. Um, like I said, the, the Eagles have a ton of new talent coming in on defense. I, I do think it'll probably take a, a few weeks at least for those players to gel. So many new bodies in. Uh, so many new players. So that, you know, I, I think that they might have some trouble with the Lions here and there. I think the Eagles win, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if the Lions can move the ball a little, little bit on this Eagles team while the defense is sort of finding their way and putting all of this talent together. So there's a few, a couple here that I like. DeAndre Swift, the mercurial running back who did have some injuries last year. His uh, pass catching number is, uh, 31 and a half at minus 125 on DraftKings. Not a huge number, something he hit a few times last year. Coming out of the gate, uh, I do think that Jared Goff's going to be looking to dump off to DeAndre Swift. Last year, the Eagles gave up the eighth most uh, yards to pass catching running backs. So I'm good with DeAndre Swift, over 31 and a half receiving yards. Jamal Williams, uh, DeAndre Swift's backup. We expect him to get uh, a large share of the carries here. That's sort of what the Lions did last year with, with the two of them as far as sharing the workload between Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. I think that would be a smart thing for them to continue to do to try to keep DeAndre Swift healthy. Jamal Williams is over under prop this week is 32 and a half rushing yards at minus 114, something he topped eight times last year. So I like that number as well. I got one more and I'm just it's kind of like throwing a dart out there. I am a Miles Sanders believer. He's athletically gifted. Uh, he may not have the best uh, instincts for running back that we've ever seen. You know, he has a, a weird uh, habit of running away from the hole, but he is fast. He gets in the open field. He can outrun people. As long as he stays on the field, he produces. You know, he's got one of the highest yards per carry in NFL history for a running back. His rushing prop this week is 47 and a half. Something he still beat seven times um, uh, last year. The Lions were the fifth, gave up the fifth most rushing yards to running backs last year. So give me Miles Sanders. He appears to be healthy. Uh, he was a full uh, go at practice yesterday. So give me Miles Sanders, 47 and a half. And I'll throw in a bonus just for the heck of it. Uh, Miles Sanders in his rookie year was a really good pass catching running back. He really hasn't done it since then. But his receiving prop this week is only seven and a half yards. And at seven and a half, that could be one catch. So that's what I got, man. I'm drinking the, the, the green Kool-Aid here. Give me the Eagles laying the four and a half on the road against the Lions. Give me Dallas Goddard over on 48 and a half receiving yards. Give me the over on Miles Sanders rushing and the uh, over on Miles Sanders receiving. But I'll also take DeAndre Swift receiving yards. I will also take the over on Jamal Williams rushing. Whew, I'm spent. You know, I think Detroit's going to have a pretty good season this year. Um, under their second year with Dan Campbell. And I do like your player prop on Goddard uh, receiving yards over 48 and a half. Right now I have it at 110 on DraftKings. The other props that I like on this game is I like Jalen Hurts. He's a, he's a running quarterback. So I'm going to go rushing total over 47 and a half rushing minus 115 on DraftKings. And then DeAndre Swift is going to have a breakout season this year. I just, I, I can't see him not, you know, not doing better than he did last year. So I like two props on him over 50 and a half rushing yards right now, minus 115 on DraftKings. And he's a back, is a running back out of the backfield that can catch the ball. So from Jared Goff, I like the over rushing and receiving over 87 and a half rushing and receiving yards right now, minus 115 on DraftKings. Those are my player props on this game. I'm going to stay away from the, the point spread. I don't like the five points. I think this is going to be a three-point game. I think it could go either way. I know Detroit's been terrible for years and years, but I just I don't, I don't like laying uh, five points on a game against a team that's up and coming. So I'm probably going to stay away from it, but I do like your passion with the, uh, the Eagles-Lions. Uh, and in this game before we move on to game two? No, I think that pretty much wraps it up, man. I'm just ready to go. All right, so game two. And uh, I'm going with a AFC North matchup. Steelers at Bengals. 
Uh, Bengals laying six and a half points at home. 44 is the over under identical to the jet more game where it's a six and a half point line, 44 over under. And I'm going to go the same way. I'm going to take the Bengals laying six and a half points and I'm going to tell you why. So let's look at this, right? We have Joe Burrow and Jamar chase as the quarterback wide receiver combination versus Mitch Trubitsky, the bust of, I mean, he's not as bad as, as Ryan Leaf, but he's a bust as the second pick in the draft. And his top receiver is Deontay, who this week was limited in practice. The Bengals are coming off of a Super Bowl appearance last year, and they actually probably could have won that game, but for, you know, the Rams just doing what they needed to do to win the game. But they dominated the Steelers in the last three games – Last season alone, in 2021, they beat the Steelers 24-10 in Pittsburgh, and they beat the Steelers 41-10 in Cincinnati. It was with Big Ben as their quarterback. Now they have Mitch Trubitsky, and I just, you know, to me, he's just not a starting quarterback in the NFL. Do I love Najee Harris? I do. Do I think he's going to have a big season? I absolutely do think that. And we'll get to that when we talk about player props. But the Cincinnati Bengals are loaded on wide, at wide receiver with T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Jamar Chase, not to mention Joe Mixon at running back. And it's going to continue. That is Cincinnati. They picked up Alex Kappa from Tampa. They picked up Lael Collins from Dallas. They picked up Ted Karras from New England. They are going to be able to protect Joe Burrow. He's going to have time to pass the ball to all three of these top-level receivers, Higgins, Boyd, and Chase. I think Jamar Chase is going to have a phenomenal game. Now, maybe Pittsburgh should have started Kenny Pickett, the top receiver from University of Pittsburgh, and perhaps they're saving him to just like lines. But starting Mitch Trubisky, I think, is a big mistake by the Steelers. I, I just can't see them even staying in this game. So – with what Cincinnati has on offense and with Trubitsky at quarterback with Pittsburgh, I just can't see this game being anything more than the Bengals at home winning this game by at least 10 points, if not 14 or more. So give me the Bengals laying the six and a half points. Player props quick. Burrow. Love Joe Burrow. Love Joe Burrow in this game. Minka Fitzpatrick, great in the, in the secondary for Pittsburgh. And he's going to try to cover Jamar Chase, but they have too many weapons. I'm going Joe Burrow over 257 and a half passing yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. Jamar Chase over 70 and a half receiving yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. Again, Chase over five and a half receiving uh, receptions, getting plus money, plus 110 on DraftKings. And then, as I alluded to before, Najee Harris, he's going to have a really big season this year. And I, I'm not going to go with just his rushing total. I'm not going to go with his receiving total. I'm going a total between rushing and receiving. Najee Harris, over 86.5 rushing and receiving yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. And then, here it comes. Can I kick it? As always, can I the kick best it? player prop you can, can take is a kicker. Evan McPherson for the Bengals over six and a half points. 125, a little extra juice on DraftKings. Minus uh, six and a half points. Total points for McPherson as well as over one and a half field goals. Give me plus money on McPherson on DraftKings. Plus 105. Love the Bengals over six and a half. Those are my props. That's my game. John Thoughts, Steelers, Bengals, go. Yep. I'm actually going to go the other way on this. I know Cincinnati beat up on Pittsburgh twice last year by moving more than two scores each time. I don't expect that to be the case again. I believe in Mike Tomlin as a coach. I think even Mitchell Trubisky is an upgrade at quarterback over the shell, the husk of, of Ben Roethlisberger from last year. I think the Steelers actually keep this one close enough. Give me the Steelers and the six and a half on the road. And I'm 100% with you on Najee Harris. If you're the Steelers, that's a game plan that makes sense. 
keep Joe Burrow, Higgins, Chase et al. off the field as much as possible. Rely on Najee Harris. As a rookie, they already showed that they'd be willing to do that. So I love the combined rushing and receiving of over 86 and a half for Najee Harris in this game. So I agree with you on that. Going the other way on the game. Uh, it's all right with you, man. I'm going to move on to my second game here because I am ready to rock. Go for it. Go for it. Let's let's talk about your second game. All right. I'm going with the Raiders at the Chargers uh, on Sunday. This reminds me in years past growing up, uh, Raiders and Chargers would often be the four o'clock game, the AFC game out here uh, in the East. Um, obviously, division rivals. Chargers just barely missed the playoffs last year. Raiders made the playoffs uh, in a in a near classic game last year. It was a weird situation. The two teams played on the last game of the year, and if they had played to a tie, which almost happened, both teams would have gotten in the playoffs. Uh, in an exciting turn of events, the Raiders actually went for the win, got the win, and knocked the Chargers out of the playoffs. Raiders, of course, a ton of moves. They got a brand-new head coach in Josh McDaniels. Uh, they added Devontae Adams. Um, Zamir White uh, as a running back and then on defense they added Chandler Jones to go along with Max Crosby some very impressive additions uh, all I will say is that with that much turnover I still expect the team the new coaching staff the new players to take some time to get adjusted uh, but I do think it's going to be an exciting season for the Raiders but I don't expect that they'll have it all together in week one Chargers on the other hand I think this I see this team uh, as being a team to take a, a huge step forward. I see them in the playoffs, possibly challenging for the AFC crown. Justin Herbert is an MVP candidate. I think he's going to take the next step to be one of the top couple of quarterbacks in the league. The performance on offense for the Chargers was already impressive. They led the entire AFC last year in passing offense. Uh, their defense was a little bit more suspect. Uh, they were bad on third down, bad in several respects, but they do have talent. Um, Derwin James is one of the best safeties in the league. Uh, Joey Bosa is one of the best pass rushers in the league. And then the Chargers go ahead and add Khalil Mack. That's huge for me. That's one of the biggest additions because Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa are second and third in quarterback pressures in third down in the last five seasons um, in the league overall. Chargers, 7-1-2 and two against the spread in their last – uh, 10 regular season openers and five and two against the spread in their past seven September games. Chargers often get out to quick starts. Second year of the Brandon Staley regime. I expect that to solidify. Um, now they did add JC Jackson uh, as a cornerback in that secondary. He's not expected to play though. So, um, but all that, taking all that into account, I do think that there's a little bit of too much hype on the Raiders this year because they added the big, the big names. This game is in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium, I'm picking the Chargers to win. They're only laying three and a half. So I see this as being like a, you know, 35-28, you know, 34-28 game, something like that. Give me the Chargers at home. Let me lay the three and a half. Getting on to my props here. This is the easiest prop to take. Austin Eckler, over 35 and a half receiving yards, minus 115 on DraftKings, minus 114 on FanDuel. Austin Eckler has the most receiving yards and receiving touchdowns as a running back in the league in 2018 while being third in receptions and targets. It's because he's phenomenal, phenomenal after the catch. He was fourth in the league last year in yards after the catch. That's not just for running backs. That's period with a T on the end. Um, Austin Eckler is amazing. So easily give me Austin Eckler over 35 and a half receiving yards. On the other side of the ball, Josh Jacobs, uh, this is a guy who's been a top 12 running back in two out of his first three years in the league, uh, and he feel like he's getting no respect. Uh, and I think that's largely based on the fact that the Raiders have not signed him to a contract extension yet and then drafted Samir White. I don't care. His rushing prop this week is only 49 and a half. 49 and a half yards at minus 115 on DraftKings, minus 114 on Fandle. Chargers, again, I love that team, but their defense was 30th against the run. Um, last year, uh, Josh Jacobs beat this number in both outings, both outings against the Chargers last year, including a 132 yard rushing effort in the last game of the year. So give me J Josh Jacobs over 49 and a half rushing yards. Also, just for fun, give me Derek Carr over four and a half rushing yards at minus 110. It's actually something he hit 11 times last year. He's not a running quarterback, but with that pass rush from Bosa and Mack, 
I could see Carr just taking off one time and hitting that four and a half yards. So that's what I got. Bang, 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 bang. Rapid fire. Give me the Chargers minus three and a half. Give me Eckler over on receiving yards. Give me Jacobs over on rushing yards. Give me Carr over on rushing yards. What you got? Yeah, I'm totally with you on uh, the Chargers. Uh, I love the Chargers this week. Chargers are like a a um, sort of like a sweetheart pick for a lot of people to win the Super Bowl this year and to win that NF that that AFC West, which seems to be the, probably the best division in football. But give me the Chargers. I'll lay that three and a half. I think they're going to probably win by a touchdown. I think the Raiders are going to be a really good team this year, but I can't see them sticking with the Chargers again. Um, given that the fact that the Chargers are like this pick for the Super Bowl, uh, Justin Herbert is is a pick that a lot of people are saying might win the MVP this year as quarterback. So when I'm looking at this game, I'll take the Chargers. I'll lay the three and a half. My two props, I'm with you on Eckler. Actually, Eckler was my first pick in our fantasy draft. And I'm not just going to go rushing yards. I'm going rushing and receiving yards. I'm going Eckler over. 100 rushing and receiving yards. I think he's going to have a big game this week against the Raiders and Justin Herbert, the potential MVP. I'm going over 291 and a half passing yards. Big numbers, right, for both of these players. But I think the Chargers are going to have a big game this week. And I love the Chargers this week at home against the Raiders. Cover that three and a half. Give me... Um, Herbert overpassing, give me Eckler over rushing and receiving. And those are my picks for, for San Diego. And I mean, not San Diego, LA and, uh, and the Raiders. Yeah. The old San Diego chargers, but yeah, give me the super chargers this week over, uh, over, um, Eckler and Herbert. So those are my picks for this week. John, any last thoughts on this game? Nothing. Everybody's excited. The dogs are excited. Everybody's excited. Uh, with these two teams, probably better off to just call them the Chargers and the Raiders because, you know, uh, very close to saying San Diego and Oakland myself. But that's what I got, man. Final thoughts? All right. So we've, we've gotten into both of our games. And now we, we go into the final stage of the podcast, right? That's our tracks of the week. But before we do that, I have three college football nuggets because last week I went five and two in college football. I took USC. I took Alabama. I took, uh, who else did I take? Uh, I took Michigan. I lost with Notre Dame. I mean, uh, with, with Ohio state, I thought that 17 point spread. They looked, you know, pretty lackadaisical in the first half, but in the second half they came out gangbusters, but the only one by 11. And then I really thought LSU was going to win that game against Florida State, and um, they did not, and the line was only four. But my picks this week, I love Deion Sanders' team at Georgia State. They just blew out their opponent last week, and right now they're getting seven points against North Carolina. I don't think North Carolina is really that great. They're in the ACC. So getting seven points, uh, I'm going to take Deion Sanders' Georgia State team uh, and getting seven so I'm taking Georgia State. Second college football nugget, Miami. I think they're a, a for real team. Even though they're in the ACC, I think against Mississippi State, only laying 26 and a half points. I see this as a four to five touchdown game. I'll lay the 26 and a half points with the University of Miami. Last college football nugget. I know Appalachian State plays very well against ranked opponents. They beat Michigan in the past but they're playing Texas A&M this week and Texas A&M is going to be one of the top college football programs this year. And they're only laying 18 and a half points. I see this as a three to four touchdown game. I'll lay the 18 and a half and take Texas A&M. So those are my college football nuggets, John. I'm just going to tell you um, that's where I am with college football. I mean, those are early games. You might want to look at some later games. I don't, I haven't looked at it yet, but I might lay um, some games. I'm going to give us your track of the week. Yes, sir. As we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, we like to give you the intersection of a couple of our shared interests, things that we're passionate about, passionate about on this podcast. So football is one of them. We've taken you through that. And then we'd like to send you out into the week 
with some beats to keep you going because we are electronic dance music fans. And my friend, last week, I was at Electric Zoo. You know, I'm getting a little bit older now. You know, got the career going, house, kids, wife, all that. But my wife and I, uh, both dance music fans, our anniversary is September 2nd. So we do take one weekend out of the year to try to go and enjoy uh, some of our favorite musical artists at the Electric Zoo uh, electronic music festival they have a lot of great food there and everything out on randall's island every year we were there again this past weekend it was fantastic to be back after a couple of years and the highlight for me was seeing porter robinson one of my favorite artists in the world and i got to see him play perhaps my favorite song of all time shelter so there's no way that i could pick any other song this week than shelter one of my favorite songs of all time as i get back into the nfl season which is like a shelter for all of us against uh, the stresses of the world. So that's my track of the week. This week, Porter Robinson, Shelter. Yeah, you know, I, I was going back and forth this week for my tracks of the week, and it's like when the NFL season starts, it's a feeling like you've never felt before, right? Everything's coming back. Football on Sundays. Football, football on Mondays. And a track came back a few months ago when I was listening to um, BPM on Sirius and it's called What a Feeling by Peter Lutz and it's a track that was released you know several years ago and what a feeling when the NFL comes back but I gotta tell you that's not my track of the week and the reason why is because one of my favorite artists is Elton John my theme song that everybody knows is Rocket Man Rocket Man redone by Jonathan Peters or Junior Vasquez I mean whoever but Jonathan Peters just released a new track with Britney Spears called Hold Me Closer. And I know it's a little light and maybe it's like a little FM light radio, but that's my track of the week right now. Hold Me Closer, Elton John, one of my favorite artists with Britney Spears making a comeback, sort of speak. That's my track of the week. So here we go. wrapped it up we have put a bow on it ready to rock and roll john talk to me kid that's it rapid fire to, to fire it out let's get some bets going here let's watch some football and let's uh, take it on into the week i am ready to go good luck on your bets out there people let's wage and rage and may your bets be sharp it's week one, and Wagers Ragers are out. See you in week two. Let's go. Later. Later.